in daf kaf beis and aleph the physical and the conceptual machlokes habaya verova benikvo ba'aretz v'nofor bechutz laaretz. I get incredibly happy when we have a, an amazing insight in a math morning because you guys all come so early every morning and learn, and I always want to try and make sure that it's worth your while that you go away with something that can can give you an insight that can lighten your day, that can make a difference in your life. So when we have these amazing pieces of, of learning and we're able to extract from them principles that, that make such a difference, it makes me very, very happy. And today is one of those days. So we all know that, that since the time of David Baum, I don't know whether for the 50s or the 60s, there's been a, a quest in science to find a unifying theory. Something, one theory that will explain the behavior of atomic and subatomic particles that uh, one one theory theory that will explain both Newtonian physics and quantum physics and they haven't found it and I'm not sure that they will find it if they haven't found it yet I'm not sure that they will find it and I like to think of it more like the way you see three-dimensionally by using two eyes you don't look for a unifying eye one eye with which you can see, you know, you, it's by looking at it with two eyes that you see three dimensions. And I wonder whether you don't have to look at the world with two eyes, with an atomic and a subatomic, a quantum and a Newtonian eye. And you have to look at the world with both eyes at the same time. Now in Halacha we have a very similar concept. And, and the concept is one that tracks back to Abaya and Rava who who innovated the way we've learned ever, still, ever since. Uh, Abaya and, and and Rover, what's that, 1,500 years ago or more, uh, 1,700 years ago, by and Rover, the, 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 the basis of our whole Talmudic methodology, which we use until this day, it's not which one is right. Is it Abaya or is it Rover? It's Havaya star Abaya Verova. You've got to look at Halakha and, in fact, look at the world through the eyes of both Abaya and Rover simultaneously. That's how you get an understanding of what the world is. And Abai and Rova were very close friends. They grew up as stepbrothers, uh, or, or not stepbrothers, but both as Talmudim of Rabbo. Rabbo uh, uh, adopted Abai, who was orphaned, and Rova was a Talmud of Rabbo. So they both learned by Rabbo. And then Abai and Rova developed such a different approach that there are 428 machlokasen of Abai and Rova in, in Shas. They have 428 differences of opinion. Uh, and something I've always wanted to do was go through those 428 differences of opinion and find the unifying theory. What's the common, the common denominator? And I've just discovered that it's, it's already been done. Uh, it, it was done by a person called Zaev Frank, who learned in Kfar Hasidim just after me. So he learned from the same Rosh Hashiva. Uh, and he did exactly that. He did it with Rav and Shmuel. Those are two things. I'm taking them off my to-do list because they've, they've already been done. Studying the 428 Machlokas and Abaya Verova, and, um, and, and understanding the underlying principle, and we'll have a look at it today. But, but the, their different views of life, Abai and Rova, which we find in the yeshiva world until today, are two views that you have to adopt simultaneously. Not, it's not I'm a Rova kind of a guy, or I'm an Abaya kind of a guy. There's Havayas to Abaya Verova. The Talmud is made up of, not of integrating Abaya Verova, they don't integrate. They've got two different approaches all the way through Shas. But you need to look at the world with two eyes in order to understand three dimensions. And our two eyes are Abaya and Rova. Let's have a look and see where we see that in our, in our sugya. So we deal with a, a piece of Gemara. We come to it round and about because of 
writing a git on a plant, an, an organic plant, and so on. And um, in, in so doing, the Gemara comes on, on Aomer to Nikvo Ba'aretz You've got a plant in a pot. The pot has a hole at the bottom. It's porous at the bottom. The pot has a plant in it. You're on the border of Eretz Israel. The plant's branch leans over the side into Chutzlaretz. But the pot itself stands in Eretz Israel. That's the case. Abaya Omer, Abaya Omer, we go after the hole. If the hole is in Eretz Yisrael, then we go after Eretz Yisrael. Rova Amar, Rova says, Batan Lofoazlinen. We go after where the branch is. The branch is in Chutzlaretz, we go after the branch. They see the world differently. What's, what's it all about? Bida Asher says the Gemara Kula Almeloi Pligi. If the plant has taken root through the hole and is now rooted into Eretz Israel, there, there's no question we go after Eretz Israel. The whole machlokes is there, there's no root. It's a pot plant. The plant is there. The roots are not have not exceeded, have not extended beyond the pot. But the branch leans over, and the branch is now in in Chutzlaretz. Says Rashi, Batanik Voazlinen, the Abaya says, we go after the hole. Shemisham hu yonek v'chayav b'maise. That's where this plant is drawing its nourishment from, and therefore it's chayav b'maise because it's drawing its nourishment from Eretz Yisrael through the hole in the pot. <laughs> Explains the briskerov. In, in Hilchus Trumus Maise, Perik Aleph Halochet Kafdalet. Beautiful um, briskerov, where among the things he says is What we're talking about here are the laws of where does Eretz Yisrael apply? What causes the din of Eretz Yisrael to apply in this circumstance? And that will affect all the mitzvot that are dependent on the earth, on the, on the on Eretz Yisrael, so Truma, Maise, Shvius, all these things. Abaya says it depends from where the plant is drawing its nourishment from. And anything that draws from Eretz Yisrael is considered Peirot Eretz Yisrael. You're being nourished by Eretz Yisrael. That's Peirot Eretz Yisrael. And Rav says, no, physically, where are they? The, the fruit that's on this branch, where is that fruit? Then look at where it's nourishing from. Where is it? It's in Chutzlaretz. That's all that's important to the fruit is in Chutzlaretz. If, says the Briskarov, it's taken root already, then we have another, another principle altogether. And the, the principle that we then have is that Shadina Nofo Batari Karo. We have a principle in the whole Torah, says the Briskarov, not just here, that the branch follows the root. So if there's actually a root in, in Eretz Israel, the, even though the branch is in Chutzlaretz, we'll go after the root. This whole discussion is where there isn't a root. So now there's a machloket abaya Do we go after the where the fruit is or where the fruit is being nourished from? To understand the machlokes, let's go back into the origins of, of, of abaya verova. And, um, and, and this, this uh, Zay Frank, he wrote a sefer called Davar Katan which is the analysis of the 248 Mach And he bases it on the Gemara in Brochus, back in Brochus, where Omar Avnachman, Katana Yodea Lemim Bevarchim Bezamnim Alav. 
if there's a child at the table who knows who you're making a brocha to, then he can join the Muslim. When Abayavarova were two little children, they were both sitting and learning in, in Rabbah's Cheder. Can you imagine? Rabbah's Cheder. You walk in, who's teaching? Rabbah. Who's sitting in front of Rabbah? Abayah and Rova. Just imagine what that is. Omalu Rabbah. Rabbah the Cheder teacher says to them, Do you guys know who we make brochas to? So you can realize how young they are. Amri Leila Rachmana. They say, Sure. V'rachmana hechiyativ, asks the Rebbe, and where is Hashem? Rova achvidishmei talala. Rova points up to the ceiling. He says, up there. Abaya nofik libro. Abaya got out of his seat and went outside. Achvi klape shmaya, and he pointed to the sky outside. Omalu Rabba. Rabba said to them, Tarvaychu Rabbanon avisu. You're both going to be Rabbanon. You're going, both going to be Tamidei Chachomim. You can tell the quality of a cucumber from the blossom already. From as it starts to bud, you can tell what the quality of the cucumber is going to be. So Rabbo is telling us that in the way they answered his question, you could see how they're going to learn. He doesn't just say, you're both smart. How smart do you have to be? Any little child can do that. But the fact that one pointed inside the house and one went outside the house, and pointed to the sky, that shows your two different approaches from this age already, says Rabbi. What's so unique about those two different approaches? So, Elio, it's so strange. We talked about the INRO just, just on Shabbos, I think. This Shabbos we were talking, right? The, right? We talked about the INRO. The INRO, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we talked about the Shabbos. So, the INRO, it's Rav Cook wrote a parish on a few mesectors, one of them is Brochus, and he writes there. Rava's worldview at that cheder child age was, you don't have to leave the Beis HaMedrash to understand Hashem. Everything you need to know about God, you'll find in the Beis HaMedrash. Learn through Shas and you'll understand everything you need to know about Hashem. You don't need physics, you don't need chemistry, you don't need mathematics, you don't need to go outside of the base of Medrash. You'll learn it all in the base of Medrash. That's, that's Rav's view. Abaya was more mystical, he was more conceptual. He feels you've got to go out and you see the world and look at Hashem as the, as the master of the world, as the creator of the whole world, which includes the Beis HaMedrash, but isn't only the Beis HaMedrash. He has a different view of the world. And his inner drive to see the world that way impelled him to run outside and point to the sky when he said, that's where Hashem is. He's not inside the Beis HaMedrash. He's there as well, but he's bigger than that. He's the whole universe. And you've got to understand Hashem as master of the universe. And he points to infinity. Abaya thinks conceptually. Abaya is an infinity guy. And Rova is halacha. Dalet amushel halacha. Just work it all out. Correctly. That, says Rav Kook, is the underlying principle that we see in the Gemara and Brochus of the difference between Abaya and, and, and Rova. That being the case, let's look at what the Briskerov says and let's understand our Gemara in the light of this Machlokis Abaya Verova. Says the Briskerov, If there are roots, says the Briskerov, that's a different principle. We have a principle of Shadin and Batarikara, you follow the root. So if it's rooted down in the land of Eretz Yisrael, we don't have a question. 
The question is there aren't roots. So now we've got to use our, our, uh, our own intelligence to work this out. So Bayer and Rava use different intelligences. They approach it from different ways. Says Rava, where is the fruit? Just define it. I just work by definitions. In a, in a three-dimensional world, in a world of, of uh, um, uh, proportion, in a world of, of Newtonian physics, where is the fruit? In Chutzlaretz or in Eretz Yisrael? It's in Chutzlaretz. Finish, says Rava. Says Abaya, no, you don't get it, Rava. It's not about where the fruit is. It's what energy is nourishing the fruit. Where is it drawing its power from? Where is it drawing its resources from? Look at it conceptually. You know, Rava, that if there were roots there, we would say it was Eretz Yisrael. That's just because you can see the roots. So here you can't see the roots. They're invisible. They're still drawing from there. Imagine the roots. Abaya uses his imagination. And he says, imagine the roots, and then you'll see it there. It's still drawing. It's still getting water. Where's the water coming from? It's coming from Eretz Yisrael. So it's coming without roots. So what? So you can't see the roots. Think conceptually. No, it doesn't have to all be three. It doesn't all have to be in three dimensions. You can use imagination as one of your dimensions as well. So we understand using Rav Cook's principle uh, in explaining the Gaborian Brochus, we understand the Briskarov here in Gitin. And in understanding the Briskarov in Gitin, we understand Abaya Verova's worldviews. And with Abaya and Rova's worldviews, we understand the two methods in learning. Abaya is a Rib Shimon Shkop man. Think of the principle, think of the concept, think conceptually. Uh, the derech ha'higayon, we call it in modern, in modern limiters. Think about the ideas. Rov is the briska. Think about the facts. What does it say? What are the measurements? What does it say? That, that's, that's how to work with it. Who's right? Two eyes you need. You can't look at the world. You look at the world with one eye, you see two dimensions. You look at the world with two eyes, you see the third dimension. If you look at the world through a buyer's eye only or through Rov's eye only, you'll see a two-dimensional hierarchic world. If you look at the world through Abaya and Rova's eyes simultaneously, you'll see a three-dimensional world. And that's something we need to develop that capacity in our lives, both in our learning, always to be able to see both, to be able to analyze what it says, the details of halacha, get clarity in what it says, and then to move beyond that and to be able to see it conceptually. And we need to do it in life. To, we need to be able to understand things mathematically on the basis of data. We've been talking a lot about the difference between data and, and, and intuition. You've got to understand the data. You've got to understand the facts. You've got to understand the science. You've got, you need that. And we can use artificial intelligence and other forms of technology to help us understand that. But that's not enough. You've got to go beyond that. And you've now got to understand conceptually. That artificial intelligence can't do yet, anyway. To understand conceptually, intuitively, spiritually, metaphysically, what's really going on in the, in, in the big wild world as you're looking at. And if you can start training yourself, and as we've, as we've said, Torah needs to be digested, needs to be integrated, not just learnt. Learning is just the first step. Then it needs to be integrated. The way you integrate it is chazorah. Just remind yourself later on in the day, just... Go back, even in your driving in the car, you're sitting, you're, whatever. Just let your mind go back and remind yourself of what we learned this morning so that you're able to reconstitute it. Then it's much more likely to stay in your memory and start practicing it. Start seeking opportunities to look at the world through both eyes. I understand the world physically, but what's happening conceptually? What's, what's between the lines? What's, what's the energetic uh, event that's taking place? How do I understand the metaphysics of, what, of what's happening? Uh, how do I see the feelings? I, how do I use my imagination? How do I see the world a little artistically as well, not just scientifically? And it's not one or the other, but to look at the world through both eyes so that we can see the world in true three dimensions.